Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Tis Scoops with Danny Mac, and welcome in. This is the Wednesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Colin Surrey is always our producer. The time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 10.03 in St. Louis. Colin, how we doing this morning? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, Dan. It's another day, and we've got baseball to look forward to. I was to. just going to ask you that, man. It's, you know, yesterday we were kind of, okay, we, we got the uh, economic agreement. We're waiting on safety protocols. It's going to come at 4 Central, and then once we get that, it's official. Baseball's back. So, it's official. Baseball's back. Are we are we now excited does it have a different feel? Does it have a different tone? What do you think? I woke up with a completely different feel this morning, Dan. I, I woke up, I was extremely excited just to see those dates set in stone and have something to look forward to and know this many days out, I'm looking forward to opening day. That's great in my mind. Are we cautiously optimistic? We should be. I agree. I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I do think we're going to have it. I really do. I think we're going to get through this. I do think we're going to have some positive tests as players start to return to their home cities and the testing uh, ramps up for Major League Baseball. The protocols are in place, um, but I think we're going to get it. I think we're going to have baseball. And as we hear about the test, not to say it's going to be accepted, but um, I think that... When we hear about a positive test, players get through it. Then they get back through what they have to do to quarantine and then get back in uniform to get back on the field. Air Comfort Service text line. What do you think? Are you excited or are you just kind of like ho-hum? I'm excited. I want to hear about baseball. I'm so sick of talking about the economics. I know you're sick about hearing it. Air Comfort Service text line 65780-65780. And the Rhino Shield mic drops. I love getting those from you. We're going to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Just how tough is this going to be for baseball? Can they do it? Can they pull this off? I think they can. I do think it's going to be tougher than the NHL and the NBA because they're going to be amongst the general public trying to do this with travel, being on the planes, being in the restaurants, uh, being in the... You know, the the buses, but I think they can do it. The 314 capital letters, ecstatic. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's just have some positivity with us. Safety, number one. Health, number one. If it can be done, let's try it. Let's at least try it. Bob Nightingale, a guest with Randy and Michelle this morning. How does this happen? Yeah, there's like a hundred one page protocol, health and protocol. Uh, that they've gone out to all the teams and players. So, yeah, they got to get tested upon arrival. Uh, and if they test positive, then they're uh, self-quarantined. I believe it's for a week. And then you're not allowed to back into the facility until you test negative twice. So, negative twice, week, you're away from the ball club, you're away from the ballpark, um, and then you're back in. Get a couple of negative tests, you're back in. Generally speaking, I'm not a doctor, but generally speaking, young, healthy men, prime of their careers, should be fine. They come back, they're back in. 
seems to work. 636, I'm excited. I honestly don't care about winning a World Series. Just happy for games to watch. I'm with you. That's generally the, the consensus, the message I get from people when I'm around town. Man, I just want something to watch. I miss baseball. Had a guy tell me yesterday, Dan, I don't care if they go 0-60. I just want to talk about the game. I want to talk about the moves that Mike Schilt is making, why he didn't start player X, who's the DH. That's what I want. I get it. I'm with you, too. That's what makes this so much fun. 314 opening day in St. Louis. Danny Mack, will we have Clydesdales? Great question. I don't know. No fans, I do know that. But would they roll out the Clydesdales in St. Louis, maybe make it something different? Who knows? I have no idea. What will the games look like on TV? Don't know. No one's told me. Haven't had any contact about that. I don't know. Uh, 314, let's do it. Your voice on TV, calling a game. Heck, uh, yes, that's something my family looks forward to. I look forward to doing it, too. Thank you very much. Uh, back to Bob Nightingale. How about the managers and the role that they play in a shortened season? No, no, you're right, Michelle. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, during the playoffs, you see so many different things, some crazy things really with the way managers manage games. And there's so much more urgency. So guys will bring in starters, the pitcher relief, uh, you know, pull up, pull starters from games quickly, that sort of thing. And so I think we're going to see it now. And when you think about it, just the, the math-wise, every game now is worth, you know, 2.7 games normally. Uh, you know, it just it, so it's it's not a uh, it's not a marathon. It, it really is a sprint. It's almost going to have the same kind of feeling. With you know, when your NFL team wins or loses, uh, it's going to have that kind of impact. Yeah, it it is. Bob makes a great point. So I'm thinking maybe a six man rotation. I'll get into that with Brian Walton of the uh, CardinalNation.com. Um, at least initially, don't know if that's the direction that Mike Schilt would go. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very short leash, let's say, on Tyler O'Neill, Bader. I'm going to throw Dexter Fowler in there. I'm going to throw Carpenter in there. I think his leash a little longer after what I saw in spring training was working on a lot of things uh, and taking the ball to the left. I, I liked what I was seeing there. DH in play, Carpenter could be your DH. Um, that was undecided when we were talking yesterday at this point. I know I had somebody pointed out on the uh, text line saying, no, Danny Mack, the DH is in play. That wasn't a quite official. It was leaning that way, but DH now in play. Um, so I, I think Mike Schilt is a factor with this. He's really good. Really good. Now, what happens with Cody Whitley? The big one is Dylan Carlson. I think Zach Thompson's on the table. All those guys. I love it. 60 games. Fun. Race to the finish. Cardinals have a great chance. Some of the league is terrible. Cardinals, by the way, if you look at winning percentages to the teams that they'll be facing from a year ago, easiest schedule. Uh, 314. Sorry, I'm turned off by the way both sides handle this. I get it. Especially the owners. I'm not throwing the players uh, out of this equation either. Not uh, going to support them. Okay, I think some people do feel that way. However, in late July, when that game pops up on your TV, I bet you're watching. I bet you are. I do. I think a lot of people will. And yes, it's not going to be what we're used to. It's going to be different. Um, 
And, you know, it's an outlier of a season. It'll be a race to the finish. And I bet every night a lot of people are going to be watching. And I think the ratings will be monstrous because it's different. Uh, and it's it's going to put a, a premium on those games because they mean so much. Only 60 games. And as Bob mentioned, every game is of importance. You have a bad week. You have a bad two weeks. Not to say you're out of the race, but, man, it takes a long time to make up for two weeks and six, you know, uh, 60-game schedules. So it's going to be fun. How about Jeff Passan of ESPN? I think a lot of this ultimately depends on baseball's stomach. How much is baseball willing to stomach COVID? Like, that's the that's the big question. And you've, you've seen companies that have stayed open and that have adhered to to new protocols and that have continued operating and staying in business. Baseball is totally different than most companies, most organizations, and has its own challenges. But the, the question to me is, will they be able to get through spring training? If they can get through spring training, I think there is going to be a, a strong incentive to continue going. And uh, if they make it to, to July 23rd or 24th, I think we're going to have a season. I look at it the other way. I think they get through spring training because they're going to be so careful initially. Just don't lighten it as you go along. And as I said earlier, I think we'll find out initially. A lot of guys maybe test positive. Who knows? Hopefully I'm wrong. You know, guys show up, they test positive. They uh, self-quarantine for what Bob said was, what was it, five, seven days, whatever the the deal was. And then they get the two negative tests. They come back in. um, And everybody is just so careful, so careful. We're only asking for two months. And it's easy for me to say, right? It's easy for all of us to say, well, just do it for two months. Well, just do it for two months. Be so careful for the two months. And... Police each other. Make sure you police each other. Don't lessen it up. And make sure you adhere to the restrictions for the two months. You know, you're three weeks in. You're kind of into a rhythm. Don't let that one night, you know, say, well, let's just go do that. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Make sure you stay to it. And you get through it. I think you can. I think it can work. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Hey, if you missed it yesterday, I had Dr. Rick Lehman, um, U.S. Center for Sports Medicine here in town, does a great job and has been following clearly what's going on in sports. It's his living, uh, handles some of the, the biggest athletes in the world. They come to St. Louis to deal with Dr. Rick Lehman. He was on the show yesterday, and he feels the NBA has the best chance to make this thing work. Well, I think the NBA probably has the best plan right now, and, and you know the players are going to hate it. And as you know, a lot of players have already opted out saying, look, we're not going to, we're not going to participate. But I think in terms of safety, you know, you can limit, you're not going to have any fans. You can limit the number of people in and out and you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to COVID test everybody every week. So every athlete's going to get COVID tested every week. That's a lot of tests, but I think it's doable because NBA teams are fairly small compared to, let's say football or even a baseball franchise. And if you think of baseball, you're going from city to city. You're going to play in a number of cities, and, and that's also going to be an issue. So I think the NBA has the best chance, and, and, and not really because our plan's any better, but just because teams are small, and you can control that, and you can put all these teams in one small, as you said, in a bubble, one small area, and you can control a lot more of the variables. Now, 
something he said there I've been thinking about. The teams are small, but what happens if it hits a team and it wipes them out? Something to think about. But they're in a bubble, so it's more controlled. In baseball, teams are bigger, but yet they have the taxi squad. And then they're talking about having uh, players being in Nashville and being able to go and sign those teams. The Cardinals are going to have minor leaguers down in Springfield. You could go down there and maybe get those players. So that's something that could lessen the pressure of losing, say, a position or a bunch of players. It's just something to think about. I mean, anything's on the table at this point. Um, And then there's football. The second wave, potentially, of the virus hits in the fall. What happens with football? So I think if you're going to play NFL football, college football, high school football, you have to just throw in the towel and say, if one or two kids test positive, you're going to have a significant contagion. You're going to have a number of the people test positive. You know, you got people lining up on the offensive and defensive line. They talked about microphones in the helmets, which maybe you're going to get rid of. The, possibly you're going to get rid of the huddle. Who knows? But there's no way to stop. You know, you're going to tackle the guy with the ball. Multiple people are going to block. Multiple people are going to try to tackle the wide receiver. So you have a lot of people that are exposed. And then you're going to change positions, right? So, you know, the, the second-string tight end is going to come out. And you're going to then infect everybody from, you know, people coming in and out of, of the line. So I think football is going to be very, very tough to protect in terms of people getting the COVID and people testing positive. And then the question, again, is the same thing. Uh, you know, Joe Burrows gets test positive. What are you going to do? Are you going to shut down the whole team? Are you going to shut him down? So I think you have to expect that there's going to be positive tests. Football, as you said, is a, as is the NBA, as is hockey. You know, baseball's got the best chance. People are spread out. You know, you have close contact. And what are you going to do? And you have to be prepared when three or four people on your team test positive because that is going to happen. How about hockey? We're edging closer to another phase of the players gathering and then eventually heading to their bubble. Darren Pang was a guest of Randy and Michelle and back on the ice for the Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko. Well, I I guess so. I think that's, uh, I mean, something we were anticipating too, Randy, you know, but actually seeing it is is exciting. Um, You know, he's got a a unique personality, he he does, uh, Vladdy does. I mean, he's a uh, I think he, he protects, you know, his uh, his private life very, very well. Um, but he's just like a little kid out there. When, when he gets going, and, and, and uh, especially when he's been off for as long as he's been off, and then he gets on the ice and starts shooting pucks, and uh, you can just tell the uh, just the look in his face and the way he talks, uh, just just how uh, you know how fun it is to play the great game of hockey. And, and I love the fact that he's you know he, he's talking like all the other Blues are talking about, and that is. Uh, that they, they're going to get down to business. And we've talked about it every week, about what the players are going to be like. And once you get on the ice as a whole, uh, not the five and six guys in the small groups as part of phase two of return to play, uh, but once the actual camp starts, I mean, it is going to be, uh, you know, a, a pretty intense time to, to jump right back into it again. And your, your attention to detail has got to be real sharp because now you're going over that video that you haven't gone over for for four months before. Now you've got to go over the neutral zone play and the defensive zone play. So I love the fact that he, he's out there and he seems sharp and seems eager to get back out and play. But number one, Randy, is that he is healthy. And that is going to be a huge plus after going the entire year without him. Uh, you're going to see a real eager player come jumping back on the ice with the boys. Healthy, eager, 
back on the ice. Vladimir Tarasenko can't wait to watch it. This is 101 ESPN. A ton coming in on the Air Comfort Service text line. We'll get to those later in the show coming up. Dive more, uh, more back into baseball with Brian Walden of thecardinalnation.com. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday, and as always, we talk it over with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. We do have baseball back. We hope it works out. I mean, we are hoping. We are wanting baseball. I mean, we were wondering uh, if it would happen on the 4th of July. It took forever, it seemed like, to get the agreement. We have an agreement in place, and so that means that, fingers crossed, we will have baseball. Uh, Brian, always great to visit with you. How are things going? Great, Dan. I'm just pleased that the labor issues between the two sides are not going to be in the headlines for a while and now we can try to focus on what is going to be a wacky 2020 regular season that still doesn't mean that there aren't going to be grievances filed and you know the bad blood continues but at least that's going to go in the background and now the focus can be on you know how do we hope to see major league baseball games starting on july 23rd or 24th yeah i I look at a 60 game season as an outlier as i've been saying forever i i think it can be fun i think this can be exciting uh, as I said, an outlier. I just wonder, can this realistically be done? Um, we've gotten the safety protocols now. It's over 100 pages agreed upon by Major League Baseball and the union. Um, realistically, what do you think? Can this be done? Well, I think they'll try to find a way to get started. But, you know, the major questions that I'm sure you have and I have and probably everybody listening to this is what's going to happen when the outbreaks occur? And, you know, what's the, what's the point at which a team can continue to play by bringing in taxi squad players? But at what point in time could a major league team be unoperational, so to speak, non-operational? And, you know, what would that mean to the schedule and the domino effect it would have on the other teams? And, you know, none of us can predict any of that. No matter how many pages of a document they have, it's going to be impossible to, to plan for that situation. What do you think, um, in terms of, Let's say a position gets wiped out, a third base position gets wiped out, and it's the taxi squad, it's the major league, the 40-man, and your outfielders are, are wiped out. What, what does a team do in, in that spot? Well, the idea is that there'll be up to 60 players in a pool between what's on the major league roster and what, in the case of the Cardinals, will be working out in Springfield, Missouri. And, you know, they, so if third base gets wiped out, let's say they probably bring up a, a prospect like a Nolan Gorman or a Ularis Montero who are, you know, working in Springfield and ready to step in. Now, what we don't know is beyond that, will teams be able to bring guys to sort of augment their 60 players who are at home right now, you know, the next tier of third baseman. So there's a lot of open questions regarding that. The other thing we've heard is that Major League Baseball is thinking about having some kind of a league uh, maybe playing in Nashville of players who are not signed, who would be, you know, scrimmaging on a regular basis and be ready to step in if a major league team has a need at a position. They could go sign these guys to ostensibly probably join their taxi squad, but to backfill players who aren't available. Sure. The other side of the thing we haven't discussed as well is we don't know yet how many players are going to opt out of playing. Period either because they're a high-risk you know, high group or their spouse might be in a high-risk group or someone that they live with. And so, you know, the 40-man 40, the 40 rosters aren't going to be 40 men in every case because there's going to be some players who just are going to say, hey, you know, I, thanks, but I, I think I'm going to sit out. 
So let's define it, uh, how John Mosellock is is going into the office today and uh, under the guidelines of Major League Baseball, uh, what happens? So they report on the, the 1st of July, spring training, if you will, summer camp 2.0, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what do they have? They got a 40 man roster. They got guys in Springfield. They've got a taxi squad for fans that are out there. How does this all work? What, what, what is it? What are we dealing with right now? Well, the first thing is that they're going to stagger. They're going to do pre-testing before players even come in. Uh, and then as soon as they come in, they're going to start with the pitchers and catchers first, as you said, on the first. And by the third uh, of July, everybody will be there and they'll start, uh, basically what's an accelerated spring training camp. The Cardinals and every team is allowed to bring in their entire 40-man roster if they so choose, along with these 20 taxi squad players, or they could take some segment of them and, as you mentioned, put them in Springfield and let them work out in sort of a pseudo-minor league camp or a taxi squad camp. So, again, those details aren't known yet exactly, you know, what the mix will be in St. Louis and what the mix will be in Springfield. But what we do know is come July 23rd or 24th, whenever opening day will be, the Cardinals will be required to select 30 players to be active on the St. Louis roster. And then after two weeks, that will drop to 28. And after two more weeks, that will drop to the normal 26 players. Within the remainder of this six, the number is, will be uh, you know ready in Springfield to be called upon. Uh, the other thing is that there'll be three taxi squad players allowed to travel with the major league roster on the road. So, you know, essentially after the first month, 29 guys, of which those three, one of them uh, is required to be a catcher. So there's guys basically right on hand in case someone gets sick say, in, or, or injured in the middle of a series. The importance of an Andrew Kisner being a multiple type player, uh, you know, can play third base, first base catcher becomes very important in this situation, doesn't he? That's right. And the question with Kisner is going to be, you know, will he be among the 30 slash 28 slash 26 or will he be, you know, on this perpetual taxi squad and only activated uh, when they need him? Uh, a good question because beyond Kisner, they don't have any catchers on the 40-man roster. They had Oscar Hernandez, who is a major league veteran, uh, in camp as a non-roster invitee, but for an odd some odd reason, the Cardinals um, released Hernandez as part of those 33 guys that they cut loose uh, at the beginning of the month. And right now, that, he kind of you know you might you might have wanted to keep around, but but whatever. I mean, they have they have other guys that they could slip in as needed. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Uh, Universal DH. We have that as part of what we're dealing with right now too, aren't we? That's right. The owner's proposal originally was to implement the universal designated here both in 2020 and 2021. Uh, those enhancements to the March agreement or changes to the March agreement, the players turned down. So the universal DH will only be done right now uh, in 2020. Interestingly enough, the way that ownership justified it was under the health and safety protocols, and which is kind of odd, but I guess they're thinking that the opportunity for less pitcher injury by them not batting and, and not running the bases. But in either, anyway, you know, designated hitter will definitely be there in 2020. And it really makes sense when you look at the schedule because National League teams will be playing American League teams regularly. And you want to see both teams on, a, on an even footing as much as you possibly can. I find a 60-game schedule to be fascinating because it's not 162. It's so cliche. But, man, it's true in baseball. It's now a sprint. It's not... A marathon. So if you get off to a slow start, it's going to cost you. You will have teams, in my opinion, that uh, normally would not make the postseason, that might make the postseason this year because 
they can catch fire uh, for two months. And you might have guys that uh, get off to good starts that normally wouldn't, you know, be that type of player over 162, but all of a sudden over 60 games, they're pretty darn good or pitcher. That's what kind of makes yeah. this fun. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is something that maybe you find some positives that come through 60 games that baseball finds out that through this, we like some of the things that we find out about this. What do you, what do you yeah, think? I, I agree with you, Dan. I mean, let's face it. We, this season was going to be an asterisk no matter what. The only question was how big the asterisk was going to be. And so, yeah, you know, some of us are riled up about the extra innings, putting the runner on second base and forcing the designated hitter in and this, you know, crazy division alignment. But, hey, you know, consider this year a big experiment. And as you said, the, the 60 games is going to require a sense of urgency on the part of all these teams. Uh, there could be more trades, even though money's tight. There could be, you know, some maneuvering that you wouldn't have seen before. Uh, a very positive of this for Cardinals fans is that if you look at the strength of schedules based on 2019 records, the Cardinals have the easiest schedule of any National League team. And the reason for that is not only just the Pirates and their division that lost 93 last year, but they get to play uh, 20 games against the American League Central, which includes the 103 lost Royals, the 114 lost Tigers. So, you know, the Cardinals, they still obviously have to win, but in the 60 games, a lot of pressure, but they have a very favorable schedule compared to say the East division where you've got the, you know, like the Braves and the Nationals having to play the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays all the time. What do you think about starting the season with a six man rotation? I think, you know, it's funny. Uh, Maddox was asked about that uh, a few weeks ago and he kind of shied away from the six man rotation, but sort of hinted that there might be something and he didn't use the word tandem or piggyback, but some type of normal pairing where a pitcher might still pitch here. You know, Jack Flaherty might pitch every fifth day, but maybe he's only going to go, you know, four innings initially. And then Ryan Helsley, for example, is his partner, and Helsley's going to pitch the next three innings, and then you only have two innings from your bullpen. So what I could see in the Cardinals have 10 or 12 players who are legitimate MLB starting pitcher candidates. So my prediction, and again, this is just my, you know, thought, is that the Cardinals may utilize those, you know, 10 starting pitchers in some sort of a sharing arrangement. You, you cover the minor leagues extensively, not just the Cardinals, but you look across Major League Baseball. And I posed this question a lot the last couple of weeks. How teams would handle whether it was 48 or 52 or, in this case, a 60-game season? the legitimacy of a 60-game season and going for a championship. So if you're the Cardinals or you're Tampa Bay or you're San Diego and you have a a system that is rich with prospects, do you call up those players that are pretty much ready to go for Major League uh, action and say, you know what, we're going for it. We want to win right now. So the question would be Dylan Carlson, uh, Cody Whitley, uh, Zach Thompson, do you do it if you're the St. Louis Cardinals and you say, we're going for it. We're doing it right now. What do you think? It's a great question, Dan. And there's so many open questions we don't know about. these. We know these taxi squad players you know, aren't going to get major league service time unless they're called up to the major leagues. But will there be a relaxation of the 40-man roster? Or would a Dylan Carlson have to be put on the 40-man roster to, to be active in the major leagues? And therefore, who's going to go off? All those roster questions. But, you know, you're on to a great point, and that is, I still think these teams are going to want to win. I think the Cardinals are going to want to win. And if you look at the top 30 players, Dylan Carlson's got to be among them. Cody Whitley might be uh, on the cusp because you got other guys like Junior Fernandez and, 
and uh, Harrison's Cabrera, who are also kind of in the mix, but on the outside looking in. So, you know, some interesting questions to be had. There are going to be potentially more injuries this year. So even if guys don't make the roster initially, you know, those guys down in Springfield are going to, you know, going to get a shot in the major league at some point in time. And so, you know, I think that the Cardinals, in the case of a couple of positions, say like right field, you know, they may not be able to be as patient as they had been in the past and say, hey, let's give this a couple of months to sort out because, you know, they're not going to have more than a couple of months. So that bodes well for some of the young players. But on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, if Tyler O'Neill's striking out at 30 or 35 percent and is, you know, not hitting the ball with authority, you know, he might find that the rope is a lot shorter and he spends more time on the pines. So, you know, it could work both ways, but I definitely think all the managers, Mike Schild across the board, are going to be managing with a, a higher sense of urgency. Well, you hit the nail on the head. How patient can you be in 60 games? What do you think? Not very. I mean, <laughs> you know, not, <laughs> not very. And, and it, you know, it's going to depend. Let's face it, there are some teams we know, you know, aren't going to, aren't going to contend this year no matter what. But, you know, because of the money situation, there could be some teams that are, you know, willing to pick up salary and, you know, grab some players. There's a trade deadline. Um, uh, it's not till August 31st. So there could be some, you know, some moves that uh, teams make to try to strengthen themselves even further. So the, the line between the haves and the have-nots uh, could increase even more. Pretty cool to see the Cardinals sign their first-round pick yesterday, and the young man was in town, wasn't he? That's right. Uh, Jordan Walker, the uh, Cardinals' first-rounder, a uh, third baseman from Georgia, uh, signed for $2.9 million against a, a slot value of $3.13 million. So not only do the Cardinals have their first-rounder in-house, but they – uh, picked up some slot money that they can potentially use to sign their last three unsigned players, which are uh, Mason Wynn and Take Hence, the second rounders, as well as Ian Bedell of Missouri, uh, the fourth rounder. And all three of those guys remaining now, the Cardinals have both their slot allocations as well as about $1.1 million extra dollars to use to, to make sure they get those uh, young men to sign their contracts. And the word from Randy Flores, uh, last night was that he believes that they will get all those deals done and all seven Cardinals draft picks uh, will, in fact, uh, join the team. And then they've also, as we mentioned last week briefly, I think, signed eight non-drafted free agents. So the total take this year so far is 15 new players into the system. So in general, where where is that compared to in this odd year of what's going on in the, the minor league draft? Uh, where are the Cardinals as compared to other teams in, in Major League Baseball, Brian? Uh, and compared in what way in terms of the quantity of players signed or quality and quantity? Well, quality, you know, the draft, the Cardinals, the Cardinals took some chances in their draft, but generally speaking, folks seem to like what they did. And I agree. They, they took three, uh, high school guys with their first three picks. And so there's a longer development cycle, but given the Cardinals system and their player development, you know, they can afford to be a little more patient with Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn and Tink Hintz. Um, and then they augmented with, as I said, uh, eight, non-drafted free agents to help provide some balance in the system. And, of course, a lot has got to, got to change. One of the articles I'm working on now is just the fact that there's a number of other players that are going to have to be released, uh, you know, roughly 40 or so players next season begins because there will be too fewer minor league affiliates we expect when 2021 comes around. What are you working on at thecardinalnation.com? Well, I think what will interest folks the most this morning or today to come over to look is that I've been tracking since last night all the details of the protocols and the rules changes for 2020 across major leagues. So I went into more depth than we even had time to talk about today about the schedule and about the rosters and about COVID testing and opting out of the season and all that. So you can uh, stop by and, and check that out. Uh, we also continue with our series on uh, prior drafts. Of course, you have a story about Jordan Walker signing. 
Um, we're doing a, a, a series where we're going back to former Cardinal minor leaguers and, uh, and seeing what they're up to. I wrote a story about the, some of the Fuhrer the last week about the idea of trading Jack Flaherty, and I can't see any substance to that. So, you know, we're continuing to post new content about the major leagues and the minor leagues at the Cardinal system every day. Awesome stuff, Brian. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Wednesday. I appreciate it. Take care, Dan. That's Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. I would encourage everybody to go to his website uh, now that the season is up and running. He's got just incredible talent. If you love to follow Cardinal baseball, specifically the minor leagues, I mean, there is nobody that follows the minor leagues any better. Uh, especially Cardinal Baseball, then Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Love to get uh, your responses uh, to what he had to say on the Rhino Shield mic drop. It is also the uh, the text line. The text line is open at 65780-65780. And you're listening to the Wednesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service, text line 65780, Rhino Shield, Mike Drop. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. Danny Mac, love the show. Who are your favorites to win? Well, I'd say everybody has got a chance to win. It's 60 games. I mean that sincerely. It's 60 games. It's baseball. Anything can happen in 60 games. I honestly, I'm being completely honest. In 60 games in baseball, anything can happen. Danny Mack, the Cardinals have the best chance to win in this format. I would say they have a very good chance with the depth that they have. Uh, The question is, is it legitimate? It's only 60 games. Undoubtedly, this is part of the question. Undoubtedly, players uh, will test positive. Uh, therefore, changing the competition level in the games, in my mind, it doesn't carry the same excitement as previous championships. Okay, I get that. I just feel there's a chance some team that was not going to be in the hunt this year, making it a short season, winning it all, everyone discounting the champ, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, you may have that. It could happen. However, I think we all go in with the expectation that we know it's different. So just understand that from the get-go. You may have a team like the Phillies, let's say, on Friday that had five players and I think subsequently two more tested positive. So let's say seven players, and I don't, we don't know if those players were major league players or players on the 40-man roster. That could happen. And then those players are out for five to seven days, and then they have to test negative twice. Hey, it, it could happen. And... Um, My point has been, I just want to see baseball on my TV. Now, the number one thing, I want to make this clear, the number one thing, I want those players to be healthy. I mean, for God's sakes, let's make sure they're healthy. They get through it. Everything is is okay. There's no problems at home. (laughs) Let's be honest about it. We want healthy people. But having said that, if they come back healthy um, and they can play, let's get them back on the field. But that's part of this. But the main thing, taking that part out of the equation, I, I just want to watch baseball. So if I have to watch Nolan Gorman, and even though he's probably not a ready major league player, I would enjoy watching, like I do in spring training, guys that aren't major league ready playing major league players. I enjoy that. I like watching the game. The game is what I love. 
Yes, I enjoy the players. I love the game of baseball. Let's go to a Rhino Shield mic drop, Joshua. Oh, I'm definitely excited. I mean, there is no question of that. And while I might be somewhat cautious in my optimism, there's a smile on my face nonetheless. And you know how they say that this is a sprint? They're right. It's a sprint against the virus because it is on their heels. And I can only hope that they run and run fast. How they do it is the question. So part of this is my understanding. I'm trying to learn more on the fly as we go. I know I'm getting a lot of questions about the schedule. And maybe you guys can help me. I have not seen a schedule released. All I know is the teams that they're facing. They're facing divisional teams and interleague play uh, teams. So you're looking at Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota. You're playing your teams um, in your division. So I, I've not seen a schedule released. I'm sure we're going to find that out in the next 24, 48 hours unless it's been released this morning. I haven't seen it. Um, if you have an outbreak in a certain city. So we're seeing, obviously, it's it's popping up down in Florida. It's popping up in Arizona. It's popping up down in Texas. If you have issues there, you could go to different cities. They're looking at those neutral site type places that if you had to go there. So let's say uh, a World Series city would have it. Maybe you'd have to go somewhere else. You could do that. I don't know. I I think it's fluid as we go over the two months. Who would have thought you'd be able to play in New York when this first all came out? Who would have thought you'd be able to go to Chicago? Now you might be able to and and feel relatively, I don't want to use the word comfortable. I don't know if we feel comfortable anywhere. The virus is everywhere, but you feel better about it than when it first came out, especially New York. My goodness. But you could do it now. Uh, from the 314, Danny Mac, this is Must Listen to Radio. Thank you. I'm excited and honestly don't care about winning a World Series. Just happy to watch games. That's where I'm at. And that goes for hockey. That goes for the NBA. I hope to watch football. I really love a Saturday college football game. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. As it pertains to baseball, um, the most important thing I, I want out of baseball is to be able to watch a game. I really hope that some of the people that make a living off the game are able to go back to work. They are Their, their livelihoods depend on it. So that is very important to me as kind of a side uh, aside to this for the fans that love the game I hope that they can sit down at night and, and have something to look forward to and enjoy it clearly I hope the players are safe but I love the game you know when you go to a spring training game just to give you an example you watch um, Adam Wainwright throw two or three innings you'll watch Carpenter taking it batter two Wong taking it batter two um, a veteran may take more than two at-bats because he wants to work on some things. So he'll go to Mike Schilt and say, if you could, please give me, uh, or he'll tell him, I need three or four at-bats. So he'll stay in the game. But then you see the young kids come up, and you may see that. You may see, depending on how this thing unfolds, we don't know. It's kind of a blank canvas, as I've talked about. You don't know how this is going to unroll, uh, unfold and roll out because you may have an outbreak on a team or you may have a position that a young player uh, has to come in and fill in. I'm okay with that because I love watching the game, and I really do enjoy watching young players play. Love it. It's fun to watch. USA Today just came out with a piece. They have a six-person panel aggregate win total projections for all of baseball, the NL Central, Cardinals projected first place, 33 and 27. The Reds, 31 and 29. Brewers, 31 and 29. 
Cubs 500 at 30 and 30, and then the Pirates rounding things out 23 and 37. I like the Cardinals better than that because of their pitching. I, I, I just think they can dominate. I really do. I, I And going into the season over the course of 162 games, if the Reds would have gotten off to a good start, I thought that was critical for them. I think they would have been tough to beat this year because I like their pitching, but I love their lineup. And I love their lineup in that ballpark over 81 games. But when you look at the Cardinals in a shortened season with depth and starters going short early, so you're throwing Jack Flaherty in game one, and then, okay, here comes Hennessy Cabrera throwing two innings, and then, oh, by the way, here's Junior Fernandez for an inning, and then, oh, here's Ryan Helsley for one or two. I mean, it's like, wow. And then the next day, it's like, okay, um, here's KK Kim for three, and then we're going to uh, throw Austin Gomber for three. It's like, it's just arm after arm after arm coming at you, and some of these guys would have been in rotations on other teams. Like, could have been number threes on other teams. And they can't crack the rotation here. And they would have been in the minor leagues at the start of a normal season. That's how you're going to win in a 60-game season, especially early. And you're just throwing arm after arm after arm. I I just think they could potentially dominate. Going to be fun. All right, we're going to cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Colin, great job. Colin Surrey, our producer. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Scoops with Danny Mac. We do this uh, every day at 10. If those of you are just coming out of the quarantine, maybe going back to work, and maybe you're getting back uh, re-engaged with sports. You know, BK, we have to think about that. You know, people back in their cars and thinking, what's going on with sports? Well... (laughs) It's starting to come back. Baseball, we know, is going to try. What do you think? Can this happen? I think it's going to be really tough, Dan. And we've talked about this a few times. I think the biggest mistake in all of this was the players saying they're unwilling to go into a bubble. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And so, listen, maybe Florida was never going to be able to be possible given the circumstances down there anyways. But I I think it would have been a much better opportunity for them to finish the season if they had done that than the way that they're doing it now. Now, at the time, you would have said, hey, go to Florida. Looks like the right place. Arizona looks like the right place. Texas, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to have 50% capacity at our stadiums. It's great. Now you say Florida, Arizona, t- no way. Well, and Chicago and New York, the opposite, right? Chicago and New York, well, yeah, maybe we could work that. So my point is this thing over the next two months is fluid. And my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you do great research. I try to, too, and we miss stuff. I mean, I always ask the listeners, hey, help me, too. I don't, I don't see things. You guys know as much as I do, um, is that it's fluid and that with this particular plan that uh, they're going to try to do out of home cities that if cities become hotspots that, hey, we could go to a neutral site. We could try to find another place, another ballpark. There's not going to be, at least initially, there's not going to be fans in the stands. So if we can go to another place to try to put these games on, We'll do it, and that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, I saw last night there is a contingency plan that they can go to their minor league affiliate parks. They can go to spring training sites. They could go to another team's facilities if they have to. So there is always that possibility, but that's not even really what is is coming to the back of my mind right now. It's the travel. And then you're sitting at a hotel and we've got questions as to what's going to happen in Disney World, right? With the employees that are coming in and out of that bubble. 
well, there isn't even a bubble for baseball. Like It, it doesn't exist. And so you're going to go stay at the JW Marriott if you're the Cardinals, for instance, in Cincinnati. And we have no idea what those people are doing on a day-to-day basis. So I, I think there's a ton of questions, but baseball's back. And yeah. for, for now, I'm just happy about that. You're really relying on... I mean, you talk about a teammate. Boy, you're relying on your teammate to be responsible. So that's what you're hoping for. Okay, Rivs and BK, I'm getting a nasty look from <laughs> Rivs to say, get off the air. We have a show. Very quickly, BK, what do you have coming up? We've got Jason Strudwick coming up at uh, 1130. You will be on with us at 1 o'clock. I've got some questions as to how you think the broadcasts are going to go. So we'll get to that with you coming up at 1 and Chris Kerber at 130. Okay, looking forward to it. That uh, does it for this uh, program. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.